Welcome to the Business Life of Husband and Wife podcast. A show based on real experiences in business and life. Hey guys, welcome back to another premium content episode of the Business Life of Husband and Wife podcast. Today you get me, Clint, talking about raising capital. 101, this is the basics. I'm going to kind of cover a lot of topics real quick um, because these episodes are short and sweet and this gives you guys a chance to do research on these individual topics. All right, guys, keeping it simple. We all want to raise money for our business. We all know that money's not free unless it's a gift, so... Very, very rarely are one of us going to get a gift of free money. And if you do, you don't know what work is and you haven't had to work for anything. So we all have the different options. We know that you can go to the bank, traditionally get funding from the bank. You can leverage your home. You can put up collateral. You can have unsecured debt. Um, If the bank will do that based on your books in a certain amount of years and you go in and you get a loan, or you go to a community futures, or you go to another provider and you get a loan, you open up this business, you use debt to fund the the startup, okay? Very simple one, very easy, not really super complicated. It's what kind of everybody does. Two, you go to a private founder, you go to an angel investor, you go to find somebody who can help you give you money for a deal structure, whether that's equity or debt or a convertible debt. And we'll talk about some of these down the episode a little bit. And you structure a deal, they give you the money. Again, different terms, probably higher interest, a few different things we'll be dealing with, but that's how you can do it. The other one is grants. Everyone thinks they're free. They're not free. They're full of paperwork and they're full of back end <laughs> um, ideologies that you have to follow to be approved for. And they're actually a bit of a nightmare. But if you can get some, good for you. I think it's I think it's a super helpful way to help navigate some of the financial stress that you have as a startup. So uh, here we go, guys. We're going to dive right into those. Are the, those are the big ones that I kind of want to touch on today. So we're going to start with bank loans. I like to use bank loans here and there, but not very often. I've always liked the private capital because it's faster. It's more about efficiency for me and not putting everything I own and everything I have in one basket and being like, here you go, bank. Here's everything. Take it. So what I like to do is I like to do that. But when we're talking about bank loans, they have very strict requirements, okay? So they have their their ladder, their chain they need to follow to get you a line of credit, to get you a loan. They can be time-consuming because you have to have T1 generals or you know, you have to have your tax filings and you need to have 12-year corporation. You need to have two years of backed businesses um, to get a loan, period. You need to have two years of books. So that's just period. So, And then there's personal guarantees and collaterals that come with it. So that's one of the negative connotations of dealing with that. Um, but you know that the money's going to be there. You have access to it. It should be fairly straightforward. And it, we're, we're more familiar with that form of funding. Okay. So that one is a quick, easy one to touch on. I don't really like to know a lot about it. I've done a little bit. We have a few lines of credit with a couple of businesses that we have, and we're opening up a new one right away here um, for the next startup that we're working on. That being said, I like to talk about capital raising strategies that are outside of the norm. So we're going to talk about pre-seed money 
debt to equity, convertible notes, syndicate, and series funding. So if you guys want to write that down, or if you want me to repeat that here, it's pre-seed money, debt to equity, convertible notes, syndicates, and series A funding, series B, series C, you kind of go through it. Okay. So we're, we're going to start, um, right at the beginning at your pre-seed money. So that's going to be your angel investors, your crowdfunding, your peer-to-peer lending, licensing deals, um, cash advances from your merchant providers, if you can get that. And then vendor financing, which you see in a lot of industries. I know in the one business that we have in Two Birds, we, uh, we have vendor financing quite a bit where we actually are the, fu- we're the fucking financing company, which kind of sucks. We finance the home builders for 30, 60, 90 days on a product. And then when they pay us later. So that's how, how a lot of companies can do that. Crowdfunding. I've seen some really good examples in town and with a, bre- a couple breweries that have done really well with beer for life. They've raised a lot of money just having a free mug or you pay for a mug up front, whether that's a thousand, two thousand, three thousand bucks, they sell a certain number of mugs. They raise, you know, fifty, hundred thousand dollars and there's your, you know, expansion fund, your startup fund, uh, peer to peer lending, fairly straightforward. You can go to a friend, get some peer to peer lending. They can borrow you some money. That's a pain in the ass. That's a whole nother can of worms doing that one because friends and family loans always turn into a bit of a shit show, regardless of what happens. It's usually better to go to an angel and find someone you don't know, sign a contract, and then there's no, you know, hidden agendas or any bullshit that goes with that. Licensing. That is a deal you guys have seen in Shark Tank. Uh, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary loves that one. He does that one quite a bit. You see him because it's a residual payment for him. So he licenses out, he gets a, he gives you money. You get a portion of that cash back per transaction. So every sale you make, he takes a cut 1%, 2%, whatever it might be until he's paid back and in perpetuity. So for a long period of time, if not forever, those are some of the alternative easy ones for startups. Okay. Um, so I just touched on crowdfunding, peer-to-peer lending, licensing, and vendor financing. Some of the things that we know about when you talk about raising capital away from a bank, uh, outside of funding, we talk about equity deals and we talk about debt deals. Um, Equity, simple definition, involves selling ownership stakes in a company to investors. This can take the form of issuing shares of a stock or other equity instruments within the company. Okay. Um, They can be a good option for your business if you're looking to raise capital while still retaining control over the operations. Okay. And that's, you can kind of mitigate that. Now you can be very, very careful with equity deals because the longer down the chain, when we get into series A, series B, series C, you start to get diluted very quickly. And when you get diluted, you lose ownership of your company. Now there's a school of thought on that as well. Would you rather have a hundred percent of a million dollar company, right? Or would you rather have 20% of a billion dollar company? If you do the math, you'd rather have the 200 million, not the 1 million. Okay. So there is scalability factors into the factoring of your risk analysis and how you're going to approach these deals. And you have to be aware of that when you're doing that. So an equity deal basically just means, Hey, give me 150 grand company's worth for 25% of the company. That means the company's worth 600,000. Okay. Pretty simple math. It's a quarter of the company company, $600,000 valuation. This is how these valuations come to be. Okay. Uh, you make that valuation based on a number based on either you have assets or sweat equity assets, whatever's built in. And that becomes how much the buy-in is to help raise capital. You also then have to have a board that, you know, you have to report to these people on 
you know, how the company's doing, quarterly earnings, all that stuff within house. So you're not doing it um, like an IPO, like a public traded company does, but you are doing it in house um, to your investors. The next one we have is the debt deals. So those ones, you can get a loan or a debt. Now these are faster loans usually, higher dollar amounts and way fucking higher interest. So you're talking credit card interest. We're talking 20%, uh, 14 to 20 minimum because these guys who have put funds together are debt funds and these debt funds are set to make the people who invest in these funds a ton of money. That being said, you borrow it now, you're not waiting, you pay it back later, um, and you have an established interest rate, you know exactly what you're hitting all the time, right? You know exactly what you're dealing with, and you're not so much kind of stressed about those payments because you just build that into your budget, okay? That is a way to raise raise capital, especially once you kind of get established. Debt is, is a very useful tool, um, to leverage at that point because you have the ability to actually get debt and and use it to your advantage to acquire a building. And there has to be good debt. We've, there's a lot of guys that talk about good debt and bad debt. If you're just buying debt to do payroll because you fucked up, that's usually bad debt, like pretty obvious. If you're taking on debt to from, a, from an outside investor, from a firm like this, and you know it's a short-term deal and you're, you've got a million-dollar contract on the line, and you need 200,000 up front, but you just don't have that scratch laying around, you can take that 200,000 in debt, you know, it's 20% interest. So you're like, shit, okay, that's a big number. But for for the eight, eight months or 10 months, you know, you're going to be paying them 25 grand back basically, or 20 grand back on that. Uh, actually, no, I lied. Sorry, guys, it's $40,000 back. So you're going to be paying them $40,000 for the $200,000 loan on a 20% interest loan. But you know, you're going to have a million bucks coming in. Okay, so if you can figure out to make money and it mitigates that interest, then then it's a good deal. Otherwise, I personally like a convertible debt or a convertible note. Um, for this reason only. Now, a convertible debenture is a hybrid security. Okay, uh, it combines debt and equity features. Uh, they're essentially loans that are converted into equity at a later date. Uh, giving the investor potential to benefit from the company's growth. Okay. So basically what you do is you, you structure the deal, say 25% for $150,000 at that time, the interest rate on that is X, Y, and Z. So when we exit, you have the option to take the interest off the 150,000 and, and pull out after a certain term. So three, four, five years, two years, whatever it might be, the, the investor can pull that money out with the interest Okay, out of the company. So you need to be prepared for that. Or they can convert that debt at that conversion date to equity. So whether that's 25%, like we talked about earlier in the example. So he would get 25% of your company versus you having to repay that. So then that money's not repayable. You have it gives the investor a little more leverage and you a little bit less, but it gives you runway. Okay. So those are the ones I like convertible debt because I like to have a runway. If I can build myself out two or three years of ability to grow something, cause I know that it's going to at least take that if not five, six, seven, um, or even 10, most investors aren't going to go for that. You usually within that two, three year, maybe five year, if you're lucky, uh, term to get their, their funding back. Um, that is my favorite deal just because I like to have a runway and there's the ability to, you know, deal with, I don't want this person because they're on my shoulder all the time and I want their debt off my, my plate and I'm just going to pay them out. 
Um, so you can also have that conversation as well in the deal. You can make a choice so you guys can have all those in your deal structure. So that is some outside funding guys. That is your debt, your debentures and your equity. Okay. Again, equity deal straight across. You give them 150,000 for 25% of the company deals done debt. You take on debt, you pay a certain interest rate. Okay. That's the deal Debentures do both. That is, that's the simplest way I can put it. That'll, that'll Coles notes that you guys can look up those three. There's a lot more nuance to the deal structures when you get into using VC money, venture capitalists, angel investors, loan shark firms, whatever it might be. There is a shit ton of different deals you can make. All right. So next one, syndicates. Syndicates are great. You guys probably have heard the term before. They're groups of investors who pool their money together to invest in a particular project or company. Syndicates are popular in the startup and venture capital world where they help businesses raise the capital they need to grow and expand. Okay. So a syndicate is what we talked about in the debt deal. A lot of these debt funds are syndicates. There are a bunch of people with money who they don't know what to do with or don't know how to invest it. And they want a really good return. They pool their money together and invest in us, startups, small businesses, and they're high risk, but they're also high return. So they are those syndicates. You can also do that within your own startup ecosystem with your friends and family. Again, I'm not a huge proponent of trying to do friends and family too, too much. Um, it's good at the start. It's real shit when you get deep down in the hole. Um, just because the longer that you have to wait for that money to get back to your friends and family, the more you got to see them, the more you got to deal with them. So it gets a little bit sticky sometimes. Uh, and we know because we deal with it and have done it before. So the thing with that is a syndicate is nice because you can get into it and you can be like, hey, got five buddies. We all got 20 grand. We're going to pool 100,000 bucks. And this is how we're going to buy into, you know, buddy's company. So I have a company. I need five friends to pull, pull a syndicate. I open that up as a separate corporation. That syndicate buys into this company, right? Whether it's a, and then we go back from the syndicate into the debt, the equity and the debentures deal. And we decide to move that money back and forth from one corporation to the other, but the syndicate stays its own entity. They are the fund, the pool, and they are your startup capital or your expansion capital. So that's a simplified version I'm going to let you guys look up syndicates and how the power of groups and everything kind of works. We might do a, a full episode on syndication um, because there's a lot of deals out there with multifamily units and housing and how you can approach buying land and a lot of different things you guys can do. The last big one that we're going to talk about on this premium content episode, because we try to keep these nice and short and sweet, are your series A, B, and C, Okay. That is only, guys, you don't really need to do this. If you're a small business and you're raising cup, you don't really need this, okay? If you are a tech firm or you're looking to do something a little bit large scale, this is where you want to start looking at it. And this is why I'm diving into it is because our next startup is going to be fairly large scale and I'm going to have to figure out how to navigate this whole series A, series B, and series C. You've seen it on Silicon Valley, the TV show. If you've watched it, check it out. You can see it on Dragon's Den. You can see it on, there's a lot of different, you can Google it. Um, I mean, Silicon Valley is the startup capital. All that information is there and you can find it. 
Now, Series A, um, those are rounds between $2 million and $15 million raises. Those are through venture capitalist firms, okay? This is after you've gone through pre-seed, you've done an angel investment deal with debt and equity, maybe two or three of those, and now you're into the big boys and you're like, okay, I'm Series A, I need to raise big money because we're doing a North America expansion. I need to hire 25 engineers (laughs) or three or four because they're expensive as shit to, you know, develop this app and make sure that everything's good. So when we do our MVP, our minimal viable product, we can fire that out to people. Okay. That is two to 15 million. So averages around 10. That's a pretty big fund, right? To start. So that's why it's big. So if you're looking to get into that, that's kind of where you're going to be headed when you need to hire really high, high end talent, high end people, and you need to scale quickly with a large scale marketing push and you're doing it across a large area. Okay. Um, you go into series B, the next one is between 30 and 60 million series C is when you start looking at IPO. So that's your initial public offering. That's when you see those guys dinging the fancy bell celebrating on the New York stock exchange, the TSX, you see them dinging the bell. They're all pumped. They got an IPO. That is what that is. That's when you get to that level, they ding that bell. And that is when you become a publicly traded company and you can raise a shit ton of money real fucking quick. However, the regulations, the lawyers, the amount of money you need to get to that is why you need probably series A, B, and C before you can IPO. Most of us aren't going to get into that. That's the Coles notes guys on those. You guys can look into all of those. Appreciate you guys listening. Hope you got some value from the show. As always, like, share, and subscribe. We'll chat soon, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, like, share, and subscribe to help us grow the show.